Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome back to another episode of Wild Wisconsin Off the Record. I'm your host, DNR's Digital Media Coordinator, Katie Grant. When it gets cold outside and the snow starts to fall, you might start to hear a familiar noise. Snowmobiles. At Wisconsin DNR, we just finished celebrating International Snowmobile Safety and Awareness Week. With over 18,000 miles of funded snowmobile trails in Wisconsin, we think it's an important topic to talk about. Northern Wisconsin is a haven for snowmobiles. I mean, what we think of as a snowmobile today was actually invented by Carl Eliasson in Saner, Wisconsin back in the 1920s. So it was kind of meant to be. But beyond that legacy, Northern Wisconsin gets a lot of snow. According to the Minocqua Area Chamber of Commerce, they average 65 inches of snow per year. Less than 30 miles away is the snowmobile capital of the world, Eagle River. I called Kim Emerson from the Eagle River Chamber of Commerce to learn more about snowmobiling in the area. I am the executive director of the Eagle River Area Chamber of Commerce and Visitors Center. Fantastic. So Eagle River is known as kind of being the snowmobile capital of the world. Why is that? Well, we are the snowmobile capital of the world. We've got spectacular snowmobile trails here. And with all of that and how well they're groomed and and the many people who are aware of our trail systems, that's how we can be the snowmobile capital of the world. Fantastic. And what about the Eagle River area? What makes it such an attractive place for snowmobiling and even other vacations throughout the entire year? Sure. Eagle River area is is a family destination. It's a four-season family destination. There are activities for everyone for any type of activity that they like to do. Uh, For instance, during the winter, we have our snowmobile trails. We've got over 600 miles of groomed trails right here in the Vilas County area. And then, of course, we're, we're seated right here next to the Nicolay National Forest. We have lots of county acreage of um, county forests. And we also have the Wisconsin American Legion Forest as well. The other thing we're known for is our chain of 28 lakes. And so that offers all kinds of activities during the summer. So if you hike, bike, snowmobile, fish, Uh, We have it here in the Eagle River area. Absolutely. So by your estimates, how many people visit the area every year in the winter for snowmobiling or other outdoor winter activities? Well, I would say um, winter activities is our second busiest season of the year. I would say there are, oh, I, I would gather close to, during the whole winter months, probably over 100,000 people. Wow. It's uh, a great activity area. Uh, snowmobiling alone brings in over $40 million uh, to the Vilas County area from December through March. Wow, that's a lot. How, how are trail conditions so far this year? Trail conditions are in good shape this year. We've had some really good snow. Other parts of our state, unfortunately, have not had snow So if you are interested in snowmobiling, Eagle River is the place to be. 
Uh, we do, if you go to eagleriver.org, we update our trail conditions continually uh, by 8.30 every morning. So for the most up-to-date reports, eagleriver.org. Fantastic. So what are some snowmobiling must-dos in the area? Is there like a specific trail or a place to go eat while you're out? Or if, if you come up there, what do you have to make sure you do? Well, right here in Eagle River, again, we've got over 600 miles of snowmobile trail that you can enjoy. Uh, they do connect many different businesses. And uh, for instance, you can go to, uh, you can snowmobile for breakfast, you can snowmobile for lunch, dinner. Uh, it's a great opportunity. There are so many different wonderful restaurants, it's hard to name them all. Now. Before we go any further, we need to give a huge shout out to all of the volunteers and snowmobile clubs throughout the state who work to make sure these trails are maintained. The DNR also offers grants to these clubs to help make their work possible. The grants are funded by things like snowmobile registrations, the state trail pass program, and a small portion of the state's gas tax. These grants are used to fix things like old trails and bridges, to build new bridges, and even to add new miles to already existing trails. There's plenty of snowmobile fun to be had, but our goal is to make sure that you do it safely and responsibly. That's why I sat down with Warden April Dombrowski. So sit back and listen in. So I'm the section chief uh, with the Recreation, Safety, and Outdoors uh, skills section within the Bureau of Law Enforcement here at DNR. So what all does that cover? That encompasses a lot. So I oversee um, our safety programs as it relates to boat, snowmobile, ATV, um, hunter education, off-highway motorcycles. Um, But then it also incorporates other R3 programs, so the learn to hunt, um, fish for food, the shooting ranges, those type of things. So um, a lot that covers um, within the recreational side of, of our program. All the fun stuff. All the fun stuff, but then there's, so there's the education component of of uh, um, those disciplines but then there's also the enforcement side of those disciplines absolutely what well first of all how long have you been here with the DNR I've been with the DNR uh, in this in, in this capacity with the Bureau of Law Enforcement uh, for 22 years okay and I've been in my current position uh, for five years okay and what got you interested in this world of becoming a warden? Sure. Um, good question. I've always been uh, really connected to the outdoors growing up, whether it was fishing, camping, um, hunting, mountain biking, ATV, snowmobiling, those type of things. But as far as uh, becoming a conservation warden, it, it was really, I was inspired at a young age. Um, at the age of 15, um, I was actually working for the DNR in their youth conservation camps. Okay. Um, they no longer exist, um, but uh, that was my first job, and, and um, it was a summer job, uh, basically working in the parks, uh, trail maintenance, fish habitat, uh, planting a lot of trees, and that's really um, where I was able to uh, grow um, into my interest of the, of the uh, natural resources and, and what we have here in Wisconsin. Yeah. Fantastic. So you're here today because January is International Snowmobile Safety and Awareness Month. Why is talking about this so important here in Wisconsin? 
This is very important in Wisconsin because uh, we're a unique sta- state in, in the fact that we have a snowmobile season. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you are in the state of Wisconsin, you can have a long season or you can have a very short right. w- short season. We kind of have that magic belt of where the snow falls within a given season. So um, it's very important um, because obviously, you know, I believe snowmobile safety is important um, because the, the people uh, deserve uh, to have a safe and enjoyable experience while they're out recreating, um, you know, on our landscape, whether it's, you know, on our trails or on our waterways. Right. So uh, Wisconsin is also the birthplace for this tradition that we have of snowmobiling, um, and it involves friends and families uh, being able to do this a- a- activity outside together. Uh, we do have a number of miles of trail, like probably over 25,000 miles of trail. It's a lot. Not to mention all, all our frozen bodies of, of water uh, during this time of year. So it's just very important that, you know, people that are out there recreating, uh, they have that opportunity to enjoy it, to have those experiences, and then being able to do it safely. Right, right. When we're talking snowmobile safety, what are the most important things that people should keep in mind when they're out snowmobiling? So when people are out snowmobiling, uh, really what it comes down to a couple categories. I like to categorize um, yeah. kind of uh, uh, where, where people need to be thinking when they go out and doing that activity. Um, really uh, being able to ride within your capabilities. And when I say that, it's, it's operating at safe speeds, not only that the operator can handle, but what the terrain provides them. Um, the terrain is different when, it, when you go from a groomed trail to a frozen body of water and all of a sudden it's glare ice. The snowmobile responds differently to those conditions. Um, And then also knowing the capabilities of the machine. Um, We have many different machines out there, many different year models, and they all handle differently. So it's being able to uh, ride within the machine's capability just as the user. Uh, This also uh, includes uh, riding at night versus daytime operation. When you're riding at night, you know, you got to slow down because you got to be able to see and respond to any hazards that that come out in front of you. Absolutely. And, um, you know, what what, what we got to be cautious on is that we're not overriding our headlamps. We override our headlamps. Um, Obviously, that that, uh, um, can end in just not being able to properly identify those hazards. Right. Um, it's also uh, important for snowmobilers, uh, again, not to um, really just, um, you know, being cognizant of, of other operators out on the trails. So um, just being cognizant of the space that you're taking on those trails. Okay. Yeah. Playing nice with everyone out there. Playing nice with everyone. <laughs> it's a big playground, but we all got to play nice yeah, together, right? Absolutely. The other thing is really riding responsibly. And that is, uh, I talked a little bit before about our trails and our groomed trails. Um, it's staying on the marked trails. Um, there's a number of miles of trails that landowners open up their properties so that the, the trails can go through the property and really respecting those landowners and, and staying on the trails um, in accordance with the signs. Um, being courteous and safe when operating in a group and then always remember to you know if you're following somebody maintain um, a following distance that you're going to be able to respond and react if that snowmobiler in front of you has to make a sudden stop yeah Um, the other thing with trail conditions is um, you know a snowmobiler in front of you can can uh, kick up you know snow dust and and kind of interfere with your vision of what you can see um, at any given time so just being cognizant of of those things 
Um, and then, as I mentioned before, you know, really just stand to the, the rightmost side of the trail um, because there's other users out on the trail, you know, that may be going the opposite direction of you and, and obviously being courteous uh, to that space. Right, right. So, and then the other thing is really just practicing zero alcohol, uh, which is a personal choice uh, to refrain from drinking any alcoholic beverages um, until you're done operating, you know, your snowmobile for the evening, um, whether that's going back to a hotel or a lodge, resort, you know, mm-hmm. back to your residence, those type of things. Um, and then, uh, you know, with more snowmobile traffic on the trails, the last thing we want um, to do is to, um, you know, have that, have your reaction time slowed down because of, um, be, you know, because of, of those beverages that, that you may have taken, uh, prior to, you know, to, uh, being done for the night. Right. Um, and then the other thing is really, um, talks about that equipment. Uh, winter provides, uh, uniqueness in the fact that, you know, the weather conditions can change I and mean, you got to dress for the conditions. So the most important thing is, you know, wearing that helmet, you know, protecting your head, um, and then also um, protecting, you know, the other parts of your body from the elements. Um, you never know, snowmobile goes down and you're standing out in the cold and you didn't anticipate that that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously if operating on a frozen body of water, wearing a life jacket um, in case you would happen to find yourself in open water. Um, and that obviously um, helps with that flotation. And then also, really, um, you don't go alone. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, snowmobilers will go with friends, family. They'll have a partner with them. And that's always good to um, have that extra companion out there on the trails with you. Yeah, yeah. So let's kind of shift gears a tiny bit. Uh, you mentioned riding on ice. Um Tell me a little bit about staying safe on the ice, whether you're on a snowmobile or out ice fishing or even just going for a walk. Sure. Um, and, and there's a number of recreationalists that utilize the frozen uh, waterways during the wintertime, whether it be a snowmobiler, a uh, fat bike um, mm-hmm. rider, cross-country skier. There's a lot of activities, ice fishing you mentioned. Um, and really just keep it in mind that when you're out on those frozen bodies of water, uh, that that brings another set of hazards. Um, and the best advice to follow is no matter what the month, what the temperature is, um, just consider all ice as unpredictable because when you're in that that element in the environment, there's a lot of changing factors mm-hmm. um, in, in the ice condition. And it can be, you know, four inches in one spot and then all of a sudden you have it really thin in another spot. And, and you know, obviously that can, um, uh, per, you know, have its own issues in, it, in itself. Right. So when we talk about ice and just the unpredictability, um, just – just being on a snowmobile too, I mentioned it a little while ago, as far as, you know, uh, it, it presents challenges from going from a groomed trail to now you're on ice conditions. Um, mm-hmm. There could be cracks or heaves in the ice that all of a sudden throws you off a little bit. Um, the steering, the braking, um, and the overall control of the machine, um, it just changes its characteristics um, when you are go from groomed trail to, to ice conditions. Um, another thing is some lakes and rivers, um, you know, have have notorious bad spots, whether it's a spring is there, um, a current runs through there, those type of things. So when that energy is still running through that system, um, you know, the ice ain't going to be as solid as maybe in a spot um, that, that uh, you know, is frozen up and a little bit harder. Right. Um, so really using a high degree of caution while traveling on ice um, and checking the ice conditions with, with with the local, um, the, the local individuals that have that 
particular knowledge of that body of water. And that could come from bait shops, fishing clubs. I mentioned snowmobile clubs before. Um, and then if there's any local outfitters that have a connection to that body of water, um, whether that be a sportsman um, you know, store or, or a bait shop type of thing, um, they usually have those daily reports coming in, um, if not hourly reports coming in because uh, the customers are, are coming in and out and those conditions yeah. um, change. And then, as mentioned, with ice, you know, making sure to either carry or wear a life jacket, um, have a cell phone. Handheld spikes are really good because if you would happen to fall through um, some ice, uh, they just provide you some leverage and grip to get back up onto a more solid surface mm -hmm. um, if that would happen. And then, again, um, riding with a companion is always um, good. And then the other thing is if you're, if you're unfamiliar with the conditions, um, you should maybe think about, do I need to be out there now? Do, is it, is it, do I need to be out there in the evening hours, those type of things? So that unfamiliarity um, really needs to be in check when, when venturing out on, on yeah. those frozen bodies of water. Yeah. So in Wisconsin and a lot of states, we have required hunter safety courses that you have to take. Is there something like that for snowmobiling, and what are the requirements to need to take that? Sure. Yeah, all, all riders um, at least the age of 12 and born on or after January 1st of 1985 are required to complete a snowmobile safety course before they can legally operate. Um, so really what that means is uh, anybody at the turn 35 this <laughs> year um, has to have that snowmobile safety certification. Um, riders ages 16 and older, um, they can complete a course over the Internet. So we have Internet options for them to be able to take that course and get their certification um, that way. Uh, those that are under the age of 16 uh, will typically um, have courses set up around the state, and that will be like an in-classroom, in-person with our volunteer instructors uh, teaching, teaching that course. Right. And I assume it's just a, like, one-day, several-hour type thing, or is it a fairly long process? Yeah, no, it's not a long process. Um, typically, you know, courses can take place in about two days or two evenings, um, whether it's a Friday evening, Saturday, or breaking up through the weekend type right. of thing, maybe a couple hours of evening, a night. Okay. Um, but it's really not a, a long, um, drawn-out process. It's just a, a familiarity um, for snowmobile safety and ethics uh, for, those, um, for those individuals coming in um, requiring that certification. It provides awareness and really just a, a kind of a, a, a starting point of where everybody, you know, kind of has that base knowledge. Right. Um, but then really uh, the true experiences um, come from then, you know, taking the rides out on the trail and learning things from friends and family, right. you know, as they continue to grow. Just like just like an automobile, you know, um, you, you, you gain experiences the more time you're behind the wheel, right? Right. So, and then as far as information on safety classes, you know, we have them posted uh, throughout the state and, um, you know, we try to have them in every county, but uh, we really rely on our volunteer instructors uh, uh, to perform uh, and kind of um, meet, meet the demand of our students. But if anybody is looking for more information on a snowmobile safety course, they can simply uh, visit our website at uh, www.dnr.wi.gov and then really just uh, type in a keyword of snowmobile safety um, and that'll get them to the home page and they'll find a lot of information um, that they can navigate 
um, and learn not only what safety courses are in their area, but also safety tips, regulations, um, just that um, information as it, they enter that snowmobile world. Yeah. And if you're interested in becoming a volunteer, I assume there's information on that there too. Yep. There's information uh, there on that. And then obviously part of our program is uh, working with our volunteer instructors and uh, providing those, uh, the training and the materials to be able to go out and, and conduct courses accordingly. Perfect. Anything else that you think we should know about snowmobiling in Wisconsin? Uh, snowmobiling in Wisconsin, is, it's really a great time. I mean, my family comes from um, snowmobiling. There's, a, again, a lot of great memories and great stories uh, with that activity. But, you know, at the, D, at the DNR here in Wisconsin, we really just want everybody to be safe, being able to enjoy um, that experience in the outdoors and really create, continue to create those, those memories with friends and family. Um, I think common sense is the greatest ally in preventing uh, snowmobile and ice-related um, incidents. Um, and this really includes checking ice conditions and riding responsibly uh, when venturing out on our trails and frozen uh, water bodies. So I guess I'd like to end with just um, everybody to happy trails and uh, um, have a great winter season. Yeah, stay safe out there. Yes. There's still plenty of winter left, so as you head out to enjoy it, keep these tips in mind and do it safely. We'd love to hear about your snowmobiling adventures. Email us to share your stories. DNR Podcast at Wisconsin.gov. Thanks for listening.